back to the Ottawa studios of Inside My Canoe Head. Listen, everyone, every once in a while, you're, si- you're sitting around, you're living life, and you feel like you're on a freaking hamster wheel. Well, today, we're going to talk about that hamster wheel and how to get off it. So sit back, grab yourself a beverage, let's get at her. So I tell you, some of us have been to these weird seminars that you go to. And and I went to one back in 1997. So this dates me a little bit. That was a couple of weekends ago. Um, and it was by uh, Stephen Covey. It was one of the Stephen Covey, Franklin, Planner type courses. So you took a course, you paid a bit of money, it came with a planner, and it came with an instructor. And the instructor told you how to use the planner to organize your day, organize your goals, and move forward. So you got to remember this was largely before a lot of the online material and the online services and what we use now to organize our days, our thoughts, our emails, all that. That largely didn't exist. And so the paper planner that you carried around with yourself was generally, this was before the Palm Pilot days and, and things like that. So the idea of the course that we took in 1997 in St. John, New Brunswick was all about how to figure out to put order into chaos, very much like we do in preparedness, right? The idea of preparedness is to put order into chaos so that you're able to navigate through life's disruptions while everybody else is flailing their arms in the air and screaming for the government to come help them. You're charging through navigating just fine. In fact, you're thriving and not surviving. But that's because you've taken the time and the effort to accept responsibility for your outcomes. You've designed a preparedness plan. You're in the process somewhere on this preparedness journey of implementing that plan. But your life plan is not that much different, right? So every once in a while, and I do this periodically to just check in to make sure that I really am working towards what I think I'm working towards. Because every once in a while you get you get trapped in something that you're passionate about. You end up going down a rabbit hole, chasing a dream, going after something, thinking this is your way out. And before you know it, when you sit back and you go, well, hold on a second. I, I look around me and what I'm doing is is really not working towards what I thought it was. So I call it a life plan. You can call it whatever you want. It's the hamster wheel, folks. Are you just getting up, rinse, and repeat? Especially this morning here in the nation's capital of Canada when it was minus 30-something when I went to the gym this morning with the wind chill. I think it was like minus 24, minus 25. We're only getting it for 48 hours. We normally get it for a couple of weeks in February. We're only getting it for 48 hours, but still... It's a great time to sit back and go, wow, why am I doing this? Like the person, and I've met many in my career, and they're wonderful people who are on year 17 of a public service career, and they're just hanging on until they hit year 40 so they can collect that pension and sit on their couch and Netflix and chill. Is that your life plan? If it is, rock on chase it and dream but you got to ask yourself first question is why am i doing this other than the existential fact that i need to pay my rent my mortgage my car payment and the the exogenous incredible shock to the prices of inflation 
uh, of food and gas and everything else in this world. Uh, but why am I doing this? Like, yeah, okay, I get the fact that you have to earn an income. I have to earn an income. But why this? Why this specific job? Because I have it, because it's a full-time indeterminate public service job, and I really got to mess up to be fired. It's comfortable. It's easy. It's a nice, it's like a big, wonderful sweatsuit I put on every day. I'm comfy in it. There's nothing out of the ordinary. I'm perfectly capable of navigating. And this was the huge deal I saw in the military. A lot of people were just on freaking autopilot, man. They knew how to navigate the military system inside and out, top to bottom, left to right. They were comfortable in it. They were at a decent rank where they got a good income. They felt largely in control and really couldn't be bullied around anymore. And they were just on autopilot, just raking in the dough and smiling all the way to the bank, right? And taking every advantage of everything that was put in front of them. So what does my now look like? The first part of doing a life plan assessment, my friends, is simple. You have to look in the mirror and smile at that awesome, incredible face that's staring back at you and say, hey, this is me. Doesn't matter whether I like me. This is me. This is where I am. And how I categorize that is the same thing as your blanket of preparedness that we work on in your preparedness journey is I categorize my life into four sectors. So I'm honest and brutally truthful about my physical health. I'm honest and brutally truthful about my mental health, about my financial independence and about the state of the physical items that exist in my house, right? So those are the four areas that I, so you can do it by looking in the mirror and talking to yourself. I'm a whiteboard guy, right? I don't know where this was born, but at some point I realized that uh, nature's greatest gift to my mind is the whiteboard because I can write everything on a whiteboard, I can solve the world's problems, solve my problems, be honest with myself, and then erase it and nobody ever has to know. There's nothing better for me than standing in front of a whiteboard with a marker and writing down the state of my physical health. In reality, no shit, honestly, what is it really like? Some people journal, some people don't like to journal about that stuff because the journal sits there and it's there to look at and, and somebody else could read it. But the whiteboard is a beauty about that. So I sit back, what does that world look like? And I'm honest and brutal and truthful. Then I decide on the other side, so I, I divide it in half, right? So I'm talking about my physical health. So I divide it in half. And on the right-hand side, it's what do I want it to be? Now, I, I, I have a habit of being unrealistic. And I know a lot of you out there are somewhat like me where you will come up with some type of idea of how your physical fitness needs to be, right? Okay, so I'm 52 years old. I'm about 30, 35 pounds overweight according to standard human morphe BMI base. So I mean it's never a perfect science, but I'm I've I've got some I've got some stone, shall we say, to lose. Um, so sometimes I, my mind thinks I'm a 30 year old back in an infantry battalion, uh, almost winning an award for fitness, uh, at a great state that I was in my younger years. That's 22 years ago. I'm not that person. So when I put up the standard of where I would like to be, I have to be realistic with what is achievable, right? It's that smart goal thing. And there's a whole bunch of ways of writing goals, but the end result is, is 
what would I be happy with? So I write that goal down, right? So you do it for your four areas. The first three areas we'll talk about. The last one, we'll, how about we park that to the end? So you talk about your physical health, you talk about your mental health, and you talk about your current financial state, right? Then you ID the gap. And IDing the gap shows the difference. For example, if I want to put it in particular exacting specifics, I want to be able to do 50 push-ups nonstop without a break. I, I check in on my push-ups, right? I'm honest and I'm brutal. Say uh, it was seven. I can do seven push-ups. I want to do 50. I ID the gap. That is a very, very specific and identifiable gap that I can now figure out how to work on. What can I do to do that? So I did this check-in a couple of weeks ago and I bought a gym membership, right? So I was at the gym this morning, not because I'm some crazy wild gym nut or anything like that, but I understand that I need to close the gap between my current capability and the capability I wish to have within reason. And I know that using weight training at a, at a male at age 52 is important to fight the loss of testosterone and the loss of muscle tissue that happens as we age, right? There's only so much you can do with body weight exercises. It's great. So what did I do? I went and I found to protect my financial independence. I bought a membership at a fit for less. It was a, it's a great place, fabulous atmosphere, wonderful people in there. There are people of every age group. I'm in there uh, most mornings at about 6.30, 6.25, 6.35 in the morning. And there are people that are well into their 70s, obviously. Some, I think, are into their 80s. And they're there before me every freaking morning working out right? So there's people that understand that I have to put a gap. And the reason the fit for less is, well, because, you know, for $8 plus tax every two weeks, it's a pretty good investment in me, right? And if I'm not worth eight bucks every two weeks, then I probably should stop buying Tim Horton's coffee. But the idea is, is we ID the gap, right? So I identified the gap between my current physical health and where I'd like to be. And, and for some people, it's challenging. And this is why this is difficult for some people when we start talking about your mental health. When you have to look in the mirror and say, I'm stressed. I'm anxious about future events that are beyond my control. I'm stressed. I'm under pressure. I'm uncomfortable. I don't sleep well because my mind is racing. And I'm very nervous at work. I'm not sure what's coming down the pipe. I'm living a life that has my emotional state at something other than a state of peace and calm for most of the day, right? You have to be honest with yourself. You have to be because nobody's coming to help you. Nobody's coming to rescue you. There are no magical solutions that are going to come in. You have to look and say, you know what? I'm accepting responsibility for my own mental health. Uh, I'm responsible for removing stressors out of my life. I'm responsible for being less anxious about the world around me. And I'm responsible for taking the necessary steps to be more calm and enjoy more peace in the run of my day. You have to be. So you have to write out what your life looks like when you've 
got through the obstacle, whatever that obstacle may be, right? So there's lots of strategies for that. And, and we do episodes on the podcast and I write some blogs about uh, mental health and a couple of other things. If you follow the blogs at insidemycanoehead.ca and preparednesslabs.ca, we write blogs about various different challenges that people have in life and certain public policy issues and things like that. So sign up for the newsletters there. We send out newsletters every week. But you have to be honest that, you know what, if you want to lead a less stressful life, then you have to lead a less stressful life. And as much as as much as it sounds simple, it, you know, it actually is. I, I did this one exercise uh, a couple of years back where I wrote down a list of all of the people and events in my life. So every human being that I had regular interaction with and every event, activity, including work, that I had regular interaction with. And then I categorized them as to how I felt about that. Look at people. Look at the people around you. How many people bring you joy and happiness? As some great orders have said, you want to surround yourself by people whose face lights up when you walk into the room. People who bring you joy and happiness. You need to learn, and this is a hard art to learn, but in a very important one, to fire people out of your life who do not bring you joy and happiness. And some of them may be your relatives. They could be your immediate family members, your brothers, sisters. Uh, they could be your mother, father. If your mother and father do not bring you joy and happiness in life and they're consistently narcissistic, putting you down, putting pressure on you, etc., it's perfectly okay to fire your parents out of your life, to tell them, I'm sorry, but you know what? I'm, uh, I'm going to reduce our contact because until you can learn how to be uh, more positive in your interactions with me, then we're just going to spend less time together. Um, I, I've fired friends. I'm sorry, but you're a drama queen. And, and I'm too busy chasing my dreams to worry about your drama queen. I wish you the best of luck in what you're pursuing, but I don't think it's a good idea that we stay uh, connected anymore. And some people are flabbergasted, right? No, I don't want your, I, I don't want your freaking uh, drama in my life. Not at all. So you figure out a way to reduce that stress, right? And your financial uh, independence is the same way. What, what do I look like now from debt, perspective, income, everything to where I would like to be? And again, you have to be realistic. Listen, everybody listening to this podcast can be a millionaire in the next five years, uh, probably close to 0% are going to want to do the work necessary to do that, right? So you have to be realistic about what it is you want your financial future to look like. If you want to retire with an $8,000 or say, let's be realistic. Let's say I, I want to retire and I want to have $5,000 a month disposable income in today's dollars. So you'll adjust that for inflation. Um, you can actually figure out through some pretty quick online free calculators exactly how much money you're going to need to have in your bank to give you, say your retirement is 30 years. I need 30 year of payout at $5,000 cash per month. How much do I need in there? Okay, I have zero in there now. I want to retire at such and such a date. How much money do I have to put in there with expected normal returns from, say, the stock market? It's not hard to figure out, right? It's not. You can identify that gap between where you are financially and where you want to be. 
And then you can identify exactly how much money you're going to need to contribute to retirement or how much money you're going to need to snowball or contribute to debt. And then you're going to have to look at your income. And if your income is lesser than the amount of money you need, you need to earn more income. It's not a hard question. Or you need to reduce expenses. But a lot of us are, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, you've got a big car payment. Okay, have your pity party. Say you're bad, you know, call yourself names in the mirror. But the end result, here you are, right? So how do you get out of it? Well, you're probably going to just have to pay the damn thing off and then keep it for another five or 10 years, right? So you figure this out, you identify the gap, right? So now what you have is you've labeled your three areas, your mental health, your physical health, and your financial health, right? You, you know where you are, you know where you want to go, you've got a plan for each. You've got to label a priority. And inside Mike Newhead and uh, Preparedness Labs Incorporated, we champion the idea that priority is an English word that should never for any purposes whatsoever be pluralized. You cannot have multiple priorities in your life. There is but one. In the army, we would call it your main effort. Everything else is going on. All kinds of activities are going on, but one is the main effort. So which one of those three are the most important to you? Only you can answer this. You're not looking for an outside expert. You ask a financial expert, they'll tell you that to fix your finances will reduce your stress. Um, but if you're living an incredibly anxious and stressful life and your head's spinning around like a top, it's probably most important to get that straightened away before you worry about really doubling down on your physical fitness, right? So you make a priority and that's going to look different for you, right? Now your life, your activities, what are you doing Monday to Friday, Saturday and Sunday? What activities do you want to do? Um, I've, I've had some read some great books. Actually, I'm staring at, uh, I still think, the best book when it comes to thinking and talking about the purpose of physical items in our life is The 100 Thing Challenge by Dave Bruno under Harper Books. I, I read this probably close to a decade ago, and I still have it staring at me, and I periodically want to go back and reread it because it was just about an individual who said, could he live with 100 things or less? of personal property, clothing, toothbrushes, uh, activity items, whatever. The purpose of books and minimalism is, in essence, to ensure that the physical items you have surrounding you are fit for purpose, right? I'm an avid outdoorsman. Inside my canoe head is not by accident. My passion is to spend my time in the backcountry as far away from human as I can on seven 14-day-long backcountry paddling trips, carrying canoes or inflatable rafts or whatever it might be. I need gear for that, and I need good quality gear. And I need a lot of gear because I live in Canada and we have four different seasons and I like to camp in all four seasons. So if you would label me as a minimalist and then look at my camping gear, you're like, no, dude, you're not a minimalist. But everything I have is fit for purpose. I have winter stoves that are really only useful in the winter. I have four stoves that are useful in the other three seasons, depending on where I'm going and the temperature and the conditions at the time. Everything I have is fit for purpose. I love to golf. I have a set of golf clubs. I have a nice golf cart. I have golf shoes and I have golf balls and I have a golfing outfit. 
everything is fit for purpose. What I've done is I've removed every physical item that I could from my existence that's just there. That's just there for some purpose because it was acquired at some point. I don't know why it's here. Sometimes I get surprised with what I find every once in a while. But the point of it all is that it's fit for purpose. It meets my needs. I donate or throw away the things that I do no longer want. And what I do store for the big bad day is what I've figured out in my preparedness plan for my animalistic requirements. Because if you follow this uh, podcast, uh, I've spoken in two seasons ago about me moving from 60 to 90 days of self-sufficiency. I think I've achieved that now. And so I have the necessary kit and equipment to self-sustain myself and my family and my residents for 90 days uh, without, uh, without necessary access to any, any whatsoever utilities uh, from the grid. So no water, sewer, power, gas, all that stuff. I'm perfectly, well, I wouldn't call it perfectly fine because nobody's perfectly fine because it's a change in how we do business. But my standard of preparedness is 90 days. Now, I only moved to 90 days in the last year because of global incidents and global effects and decisions that uh, things that I think and forecasting that are coming down the pipe. And so I have that ability for 90 days. That actually requires a little bit, not a lot. You'd be surprised how little stuff is needed for that. Um but there is, you know, there's there's a couple of duffel bags, right? There's a couple of duffel bags and some buckets of stuff um, that are stuffed in the corner. And and so it's there. So if you were to look at me and say you're a minimalist, you would say not a cup. You know, I used to count my stuff at one point in my life. I had 227 items. Uh, I had it down that small and I was going to try to get under 100 like Dave Bruno. And then I realized, you know what? Everything around me is fit for purpose. So I'm actually back up over 600. Um but the average North American household has about 300,000 items in it. So I think I'm pretty good. And the last move that I did in the military before I retired, I moved a family of four in a moving truck for 5,500 pounds was the total household furniture, goods, effects, which any of you who's done moves before, some people exceed 20,000 pounds and have to pay a premium to the mover on a government of Canada move. No, I had 5,500 and that was a complete household of four people. So I think we're doing pretty good. So hopefully out of today's idea, you got the idea that every once in a while, folks, we got to check in. We got to make sure that this hamster wheel thing we're doing makes sense. Uh, We got to concentrate on that we are responsible for our outcomes I'm responsible for my physical health, not the government. I'm responsible to pay my bills. It's not the government's job to pay my bills. It's my job to ensure that I live as calm and as stress-free life as I can by eliminating things from my life that cause me stress. And I'm very good at that. I am very, very good at that. I've fired friends. I've fired relatives. Uh, I've fired... I've fired an occupation. I retired from the military when it kept, when the stress and the challenges of dealing with the organization and the system got to the point. I'm like, my health isn't worth this folks. See you later. Have a, have yourselves a great day. Um, and so this is why I, I, I do my own thing at my own pace. I schedule everything in my day. So take care of yourselves, have a great time. Uh, make sure you check in 
and follow us at insidemycanoehead.ca. All of the links to our social media is there. I know things don't, you know, we're working on getting it better, right? Uh, All of it is, remember, I'm taking care of my mental health. I'm taking care of my calm and my anxious life. So every once in a while, I load up a little bit more on the plate than I should. And I say, listen, next week we're launching XYZ. And the next week it doesn't seem to come out. Why doesn't it come out? Because I take care of my mental health just like you should. So when my burden gets too big, when there's too many things on my plate, I happily and joyfully eliminate things. I've quit community organizations. I've quit um, volunteer organizations because I guard that white space in my calendar much the same that I guard the life and safety of my family. That's how important it is to me to get into my calendar. So thank you very much. Take care. Um, wrap up. It's cold out there, but it's uh, it's going to get warm soon. And uh, we're going to get on the golf course again together sometime soon. Uh, stay tuned. we got some great things coming, but they'll come at the appropriate pace. Stay safe. Thank you.